0: This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with PhotologyHelp.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. Welcome,
1: Susan Biddle, to Reclaiming Yourself Podcast. And I don't know if you know this, but you have had just over 38 strength training sessions at Photology Hub. No, I
0: haven't been counting. In the last year.
1: I was, oh, I'm glad you told me that because I
0: couldn't remember.
1: Yeah, you started January last year. Well, we had our uh, consultation in January and you started then. And you started, you had a one-to-one and then you went straight into our
0: 60s plus. Yes, but I was the only person in it for most of the time, which was (laughs) actually quite useful for me because it meant I got a lot of individual attention. It wasn't what was intended. I think occasionally there was somebody else. Mm. And I think that first three months up to the summer was very good for, for grounding me in the types of movement and for the trainer to get a sense of my abilities and where my weaknesses were. Mm. And for me to do that as well, I think. It's kind of
1: guess relearning movement, because when you've come to us, you came, I can we can go through your
0: consultation notes. But I know arthritis was a... Was a I've got a lot of um, problems yeah. with my both my knees. And that really restricts what I can do and what I feel I can do. And it was, I suppose, I was worried about it getting worse. My movement, my ability to move getting worse and what I could do getting worse. And I was beginning to think about going on some long haul holidays that might might have been a bit physically challenging and worrying about whether I would be up to it physically so you know that was one motivation and the knee you know it's amazing how much problems with your knees really affect everything else
1: yeah everything Uh, else
0: everything yeah yeah so i had been doing pilates for several years and that's been really helping but I think I wanted to do something that was upper body focused as well and more strength focused too.
1: And when you said you were getting worried were you worried at taking the risk of if I do this sort of training I could push it too far or were you very much worried about uh, the fact that if I don't do something
0: about this uh, the latter. we're going to yeah. we're going to we're going to yeah. go downhill. Yes it was about not doing anything. It was about it was reaching that point where you think I need to do something. Yeah. That was what it was. If I want to do these things for, the, for in the next five years, I need to be in the best possible shape to do them. Yeah. That was what it was, yeah
1: and you're 63 now? 63 yeah yeah because you were 62 when we first had our chat (laughs) are you feeling like a stronger 63 year old than a well I am but I think
0: it's it's difficult to separate out what's made me stronger because I've had quite a difficult few years before coming here so I was at a point where I was just beginning to think I needed to focus a bit more on myself physically and mentally and had I think at that point yeah I hadn't I hadn't come off the antidepressants I'd been prescribed following the illness and then death of my partner and I that was a really difficult time and I came off those I think a few months later and I was still working through all the probate and inheritance Mm -hmm. tax stuff which was really complicated and difficult and I'd spent a lot of time focusing on that and I think I had got to a point where I thought I really need to start focusing more on myself. I am feeling better but what Mm -hmm. it's all due to is very hard to unravel. Well because there's so many factors isn't there? I'm more myself because I'm off the antidepressants. Yeah. I mean they were great and very useful but there's no doubt that I was 80% of myself rather than 100% myself I'd say in terms of my personality and my joie de vivre i always call it Um, (laughs) and i think i was exhausted and also i hadn't been looking after myself that well i had been looked after by lots of wonderful friends kept bringing me chocolate and cake and things like that so i put on weight and my gp had said you've got to do something about this because you're teetering on the edge of diabetes Diabetes, and you need to sort this out so i embarked on a a gp-led kind of program an, an app program about more healthy eating I decided to invest in the Zoe app, which was very helpful about what's right for me and what isn't. And this was just another factor of that, I think. Mm. And so all those things, plus coming more just to the end of the whole sorting out the estate of my partner, I think, and beginning to focus more on myself has all come together to feeling better so it's a piece in a jigsaw of being better I think
1: you definitely seem lighter in yourself than when I first met you I think you came
0: in feeling that's the antidepressants yeah I mean they're great yeah but they flatten you emotionally and so lots of people I mean I had a lunch with a friend the other day and she said oh you got your sparkle back and I felt like I hadn't got my sparkle actually I knew it I knew why I didn't have it and it was I knew I needed the antidepressants but it's nice to have it back how many years yeah. was that over how many um well i had let me see it, there was a whole sequence of things that kind of just made caused a lot of upheaval for me i had a massive tumor in 2020 just before lockdown okay. that was removed it, i was very fortunate i had Fantastic treatment from the NHS. It wasn't cancerous, although they didn't know until they took it out and tested it. It wasn't cancerous, so that was great. Do you mind me asking whether- Ovarian, i a ovarian? Huge, huge, seven kilos, it was massive. Mm-hmm. It grew very slowly and I, it kind of took up all the space inside me rather than growing out. So I had all sorts of very strange kind of symptoms, which were all to do with the fact that I had this massive tumour inside me, pressing on everything. Yeah. And then in 2021, my partner had a, a, a series of strokes, four strokes. He was then completely incapacitated and hospitalised for five months, no ability to communicate, couldn't swallow, nothing like that. Then he got an infection and died. But he hadn't made any preparations. He wouldn't put a legal power of attorney in place. And I couldn't find an original copy of his will. And it was really, all the legal stuff was really complicated. So it I suppose by the time when I came to see you, which was where are we? That was twenty two, January twenty two. January twenty two. Yeah, yeah, was sort of he died in God. I can't see. I can't even remember. Did he die in February 22 or January or 20, February 21? One. I just get really night. confused yeah. with the dates. And that's again, that's the antidepressants. Well. It kind of wipes bits of your memory out, which is very useful, actually. Yeah, you don't dwell on things, but I can have some <laughs> sequencing a bit difficult. I can't quite work that timescale out. I had got to a point where I was just about ready and I was I was beginning to focus more on myself. And one of the things I wanted to focus on was perhaps doing something different to the pilates that was more strength based brilliant I'd read a lot about older women need to focus on upper body mm. strength and things like that so yeah well I'm glad you came along yeah. and had a chat but I time. don't like gyms you see so I looked online I had a gym in mind, and I was really resistant and then I found your website and read a bit about what you were doing here and I thought that sounded perfect for me actually tell me about Susan 20 years ago what did you have to well, I've got two boys. One's 26 <laughs> and one's 21. So 20 years ago, I was in full parent mode, really, yeah. I think. I was working full time before I had my second. What do you do? I do organisation development and organisational system change. Consulting is what I do, except I've stopped doing it. So I don't do it anymore. I did that freelance for 12 years, for 12, 14 years. But before that, I used to work in uh, public sector, doing okay. in public sector. Are you working now? No, I've stopped working. Because you were working last year. when I, I was, yeah, I stopped. Yeah. In, I did my last project as a freelancer, ended in June, and I stopped. I decided to stop. I have a few board positions, which are kind of like work, but they're sort of voluntary. I stopped working for money back in June. I decided to take my pensions. Okay. I think because. Another part of the jigsaw. Well, I think because of COVID and because Mm. of the situation with my partner, work had been very secondary, and I'd done a couple of small projects but not much and in the freelance world if you don't keep working you lose traction right people stop coming to you because yeah. they, they start to forget about you I'd never had to advertise it would always got recommendations recommendations yeah. word of mouth stuff but realistically that was such a massive change in the market that I, I thought well I'm going to have to work really hard to reestablish myself do I really want to can I you know after mm. all this So I just decided, no, that's enough. And how are you finding it? Fine. I'm still in that phase of having, there's not a word that I can find to describe it. I call it anticipatory anxiety. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is that almost each day I have a slight feeling of unease because I think that I'm going to have a lot to do and a lot to fit in. But of course, that's not the case anymore. But the feeling is still there. So that's that's a kind of weird, I have to kind of manage that in Mm -hmm. my head. The other side of it, I think, is that things that you do do take on greater significance and expand in your mind to fill the gaps left by work. So things that you wouldn't have thought of as major issues suddenly become oh, I've got to write my Christmas cards. Now, when you're working full-time, you just find 10 minutes and you do it. <laughs> when you've stopped working, for some reason, I don't know why this is, it becomes a significant thing that looms large in your mind, but actually it never used to. So it's a, it's a kind of slightly strange transitionary mm. phase, I think, when you stop working. I'm sure this is the same for everybody because you're substituting one way of living for another. Yeah. And having to make it balanced. So it's and quite, you're yeah. just
1: out of the back end of a pretty hectic, like it must take time to unravel that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. The emotional
0: Yes. What yeah, an emotional It was really difficult.
1: I think I years. cried when
0: we had our um yeah. thing, didn't we? I cried in my couple of times with Joe, my trainer, in my first few months because mm. funnily enough, doing I mean feeling emotional now, even doing things physically kind of triggers it. Yeah. And talking about it is it's all it's okay actually. It's not terrible now, but there have there are times when you talk about it when it's very difficult. Because you recall how traumatic it was, emotionally draining. It was very emotionally draining actually mm-hmm. and physically draining too just having to sort your w- way through everything and yeah. do
1: you think like when you're in that survival mode as well like there is no time to think about you no and i didn't your think body. about myself
0: at all no. and then
1: after years and yeah. years you're yeah. like in here the yeah. space is all about you yeah it's
0: it's focused yeah. on you you and that's are really positive actually and i i said to you earlier that um you asked me about whether i felt like i'd improved and i said well you know it's hard to unravel but one of the things i do feel is that i have um it has an impact on my mental well-being yeah the fact that I'm investing in my physical well-being definitely has an impact on my mental well-being and how positive I feel about the way I'm approaching how I live my life now
1: yeah and it seems to me that
0: things don't phase you at least not outwardly anyway well I think when you've been through a massive thing like that really you feel like nothing is ever going to phase you again, actually. Yeah. I'm sure it will. And I have, I have little mini moments. I mean, I, I was in France recently and because the, a taxi let me down, I missed my train and I had a little mini moment of kind of, oh, this is catastrophic, you know, before I kind of pulled myself together and said, well, it's not really, is it? You just missed a train, mm. you know? And what's like what, what's the impact of that? Well, it's going to cost me money because I'm going to have to buy other, other tickets. That is the only impact, really. So, you know, I'd had a cup of coffee, <laughs> sorted myself out, <laughs> turned it around, my tickets, to okay. and then off I went, you know. Yeah, you still have, well, one can still have many moments. But um, no, I, I one of the outcomes of going through such a sort of lo- elongated, you know, kind of trauma, I think, is that you do feel that, well, nothing's ever going to be that bad again. If I can deal with that, I can pretty much deal with anything. Yeah. Because actually, I think one of the things that one the GP said to me when he was talking to me about, antidepressants was he said first of all you're very resilient <clears throat> that's a good thing but he said and in fact I had a counselling as well because the hospital gave me counselling as well the counsellor mm. was very good and she said that you're sometimes you know you think that you all you have to do is draw on all your resources to get through this and she said actually none of your resources are what you need to get through this and I thought that was really mm. significant actually for me because I'm a very sorted organised person and resilient person and she said to me you'll find that none of the things that you you think, well, we'll get you through this, we'll actually get you through it.
1: And that was true, I think. So, so you had to walk, go out and find other...
0: I think I had to, I, well, I had to do things I'm not very good at. I had to accept help. I had to okay. yeah. acknowledge that I couldn't necessarily mm-hmm. solve things. I, I'm Because I work freelance as a consultant, a lot of my work is problem solving. It, you know, it doesn't. people don't approach me and say, this problem, can you solve it? But most work is about solving yeah. a problem they can't solve. Yeah. And this is what my counsellor pointed out to me, that that was the way that I was approaching it. And actually, she said, that's it's not an intellectual exercise. It's an emotional, Mm -hmm. (laughs) We shouldn't say this, but that's what she meant. It's an emotional exercise. And actually, I was approaching it as a a problem solving intellectual exercise. And it wasn't. Of course, there's lots of stuff to do. You have to do all the paperwork, fill in all the forms, blah, blah, Mm. blah. But actually, that's relatively simple. It's the emotional impact of doing it, having to cost how much you're furniture costs in your house because when you do inheritance tax you have to and you live with someone you have to calculate the value of all the furniture in your house and say how much of it belongs to the person who's died well if you live in a house <sighs> with somebody and have done for 26 years how, how do you even begin to do that so because yeah. what's stuff isn't theirs and yours stuff is ours and yeah. it's really it's a very it's so there's lots of very big emotional challenges and trying to approach them intellectually and approach them as problems to solve wasn't no. the answer.
1: And the reason I asked you that is because we talk a lot here about having yeah like having a support network yeah. in all the areas or a team around you yeah. whether that is a counselor and yeah. a, a personal trainer yeah. and family members and mm-hmm. Uh, friends and yeah all those different Mm. roles and Mm. all the things that prop you up in life right and how important that is and, and being able to trust that and hand yourself over in those Mm. situations as well because when you come here you're vulnerable aren't you yes that's right you have to trust the people and most
0: of us through our lives have grown to be extremely competent yeah and also i think we we gravitate towards what we're good at yes and so we build and we we hone and we refine and we get better at what we're good at Hmm. and the stuff we're not good at we kind of don't do much about and then when you sometimes when you meet a challenge the very things that you're not good at are the things that you need mm. so yeah having people in different walks of life around you who can be supportive is very
1: important i'm going back to that moment of like coming in for a consultation or even pre be mm. pre that moment yeah. when you were online going this is who i am and you're giving a really quick yeah. snippet and then you're coming in you're taking that risk and you're kind of saying oh god i'm i'm going to hand my, my
0: I'm going to hand my health almost Mm. for Mm. momentarily, not Mm. the whole thing. It was very important to me to find the right place. Yeah. Because I don't like gyms. I don't like the atmosphere. I don't like the whole kind of macho, grunty sort of unsupervised everyone's kind of trying to prove they're better you know I don't I'm not interested in any of that so it was a big step for me to think I'm going to look for and see if there's something out there that would mm. work for me in the gym arena and then it was a big thing to, to, to come and sign up actually yeah.
1: so yeah yeah and it, the impression that I got w- was that it, it you didn't give off that that was a big thing it, but you know it was because you are you know that resilient person that was kind of looking for something
0: I don't even remember how I came to the decision weirdly you were sitting
1: right in front of me and you went yes
0: I'll do it I remember we were on the we had a brown sofa over there at the
1: time and I remember meeting you I
0: think I'd got to a point I had accepted that none of my usual patterns of behaviour were necessarily going to work or they would be okay but I needed more And I didn't know what more would be like and I had to take more risk. I think that's what it was. I had to accept that I needed to take more risk. And that's what I think I mean when I say we tend to, I think we gravitate towards what we're good at and we get into a groove and then we stay in that groove. And I think what I recognise there was a point, and I don't know when it was, I have no idea how, I mean, obviously a little one was when I said yes to you, but what pushed me to look and decide that's what I wanted to pursue. I honestly couldn't tell you, but I think there was something about recognizing that I needed to do differently, do yeah. things differently. That was what it was, I think.
1: And I think um over the last 12 months, so when you first came, you came in and you did the 60s plus sessions, yeah. and that was something that we were just getting off the ground. And then we had a few people in those sessions and then actually, on reflection what we've decided is that a semi-private session with four people Mm. whether you're uh, pregnant whether you're in your 60s whether you're i don't know in your 30s and you've got an injury um or you're a menopausal woman that hasn't slept for three nights Mm. that actually four people in a room our trainers are amazingly skilled at delivering uh high quality sessions in in that environment but what has that i guess we've challenged you in a way because we've then put you in a room so today you're in a room mm. yeah somebody's in their 40s somebody else who's brand new actually mm. and in their mm.
0: 20s how has that been actually that's been fine i mean there is something funny about being 16 over 60 and it's because you're not that in your head so there's that thing about okay, I'm accept I'm sixteen over sixteen that hasn't that will have an impact on my physicality and my abilities. So that gets you that got me to signing up to what you described as we're starting this over sixties kind of group. But actually, once I was in it and doing it I, I suppose gradually I began to realise that it's really relevant. what I actually feel, which is it makes no difference no. because everyone's a different place, so it doesn't. It's fine, and yeah. I've had. I, I'm really happy. I've got plenty of friends who aren't the same age as me, and I've mm. got friends who are younger than me and friends who are older than me. Why? Why is that not okay for training? It, yeah. So yeah, I, and I think the label thing maybe. Maybe that was a security blanket for me when I signed up. I don't know. Yeah, but actually, it hasn't mattered at
1: all. Do you find it motivating being in a room with other people? And are you very much because you're very much in your own zone, aren't you? Doing your own thing. Yeah, I do my own thing. Take no notice of anybody
0: else. I mean, I I see that they. Everyone always. What I do notice is pretty much every time, everyone's doing greater weights than I am, bigger weights, and I'm not in the room today. Not today, but but a lot of the time on Tuesday, for example, Mm. you know, I'm doing. 12 kilos and someone else is doing 21 you Mm. know and i i noticed that but it doesn't really bother me i'm not particularly competitive you see not in that way you know so for me it's about I'm doing it for me, yeah. So it's about what's right for me, yeah. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Good at all,
1: yeah. And everyone's really nice. And that's the goal, right? Mm. Is that we again, like, whether you're in your sixties or your twenties or thirties, or mm. whatever, you don't know what that other person's going through. No, plenty that, of
0: people have lots of injury, have injuries. Yeah, young might have injuries, might be disabled. Yeah. you know that overwhelm and the anxiety about yeah, yeah. being in
1: a space and moving. Mm. Um, you know, being in sports kit and moving
0: like do feel very pleased with myself proud for myself for doing it yeah actually you're an you're an inspiration i do i feel like this is something i mean because you know i don't know when you're busy when you work and you've got kids there's all sorts of things in your head that you'd like to be and be better at and do more of most of the time there isn't the time to do it and Mm. you always put yourself at the bottom of the list Mm so in a sense it ticks all sorts of boxes it ticks the box about putting myself first and focusing on myself it ticks the box box about an investment monetary as well as time investment Mm. that actually i don't think about and i don't think oh i'm not sure if i should do this i was talking about going to cockpit arts um open day on Saturday and seeing a beautiful handbag that was 595 pounds and that choosing not to buy it for myself because I couldn't justify buying a handbag 595 (laughs) pounds. But I don't think about monthly what I spend here because Mm. this is an investment in myself. Mm. You know, the handbag was a nice to have, but this is something I'd rather spend the money on. So it's kind of, there's all sorts of things and, and it's not, it's my money and I've earned it. So it's about, I deserve it actually as well there's something about that
1: too will you tell me about what the one of the things that you mentioned was you wanted to plan some like trips and things that you wanted to go and do Mm. what what are what were those
0: things when I before I had kids I did a couple of long-haul trips I went to Central America I went out to Sri Lanka and I had a great time I loved it when I was with my partner with the children he never liked flying so we used to go on holiday lovely holidays but we always went by train and I love still going by on holiday by train Mm. in Europe there's something very relaxing and delightful about it so I had in my head that I would like to go back to having a few long haul opportunities and I started to look at the sort of holidays I used to go on that were offered by particular companies like Explore, Journeys, Latin America places like that and they grade them, <laughs> they grade them by intensity, they call it. And I started to notice that a lot of the journeys were graded by intensity quite high. Okay. And of course, there's no information of what that really means. But in my head, of course, because of the age I am, I was beginning con- to construct in my head a bit of a story about you're not gonna be physically up for it. You're gonna spend all this money going to, I don't know, Japan or India, hmm. and you're not gonna be able to keep up. and And all the others will be okay but you won't be okay so I had this bit of a story in my head about not being strong enough anymore not being not having the physicality anymore that I had when I was doing it before I had kids and I think that was bothering me because I felt it was a real barrier and I thought and it made me think well I need to therefore do something to get over that that mental barrier about Hmm. my abilities I'm in a slightly different place now because I was going to go to the Lebanon this year but because of what happened in Palestine I decided yeah, it perhaps wasn't the best idea. The best um, right yeah. So what I've done this year is I've been to France and I, I did a painting holiday in France and did some Fair. pottering around France which is lovely but quite you know not particularly physically yeah. exhausting but it was lovely. And in a way now I'm thinking well actually none of that really matters and sometimes you just have to work through that thinking you know Mm. I'll just do what you do and it's fine you know if I want to go to India I go to India and if I get a bit tired I'll just say to them well you go off today and I won't go off I won't do it yeah because when I'm I was was thinking about doing group holidays because I'm on my own so it's about having a group to travel with rather than backpacking myself around Colombia or something like that
1: yeah so it was like a fear almost a
0: little bit of a fear of would I be able I got a bit hung up on the the way that these holidays, they had this little thing that yeah. had like it was like high intensity, you know. And I was like, Christ! You-? I just thought, <laughs> oh, you're all over sixty, Susan. You might have to kind of think again about yeah. this. You're not who you were, and it, it was so. It was in my head. And now you look at it and you go, it's fine. Well, now I look a bit, and I think, well, so what? And I think, that what's wrong with doing what you can? What does it matter? Well, I even think of those the holidays I want to go on because everything changes. Mm. Where I I was in in January, I think, was trying to sketch out what a different life looked like. Right. And trying to put things into this different life. I'm slightly more, almost a year on now, I'm slightly more accepting that it actually can be anything. Yeah. Because I'm a terrible planner, you see, which is what my counsellor was always working on with me. Right. I always think I have to kind of like have a sense of what it's going to look like and what it's going to be. And I'm working much, I'm working quite hard on not planning it, not planning things and just, doing what I feel like doing when I feel like doing it. So I'm going to Las Vegas next May because a <laughs> friend's daughter has said, I'm going to Las Vegas for my birthday. I'd re- I've would i known you since I was two. I'd really like you to come with me and the family. So I'm going, I'm going to go. Wow. I would never think about going to Las Vegas. No. This is not my kind of place. But I thought, well, you've yeah. experience. been experienced. And
1: you've been able to just see yeah. very easily and simply because of all the stuff you've mm. been, because of those dials on yeah. the you know you've been able to just say yes yeah.
0: and that's the key isn't it it is it is yeah i yeah. can just say it's yes it's a very complicated route to getting yes. there it really it is. is yeah I, it's very hard to explain because it's quite sometimes you just don't notice it you don't notice yeah. you're becoming a different person so i kind of babble a bit about it i know that but it is it's yeah it's,
1: but it's through it, the babbling and the chatting and the mm. when i ask the question have you made progress you know that's a massive
0: that's why I said the mental progress. Yeah, is huge. and the confidence we spoke about. Yeah. So, so I have no. I don't really have a, a sense. I mean, my tr- my initial trainer. I think. I think. I, what was her name? Julie. Yeah. Yeah. She was I mean, great because she'd say to me, yeah, "I can see your shape is changing." You know, because I I was also looking, trying to lose weight, and I was noticing I wasn't losing weight and getting a bit disheartened. And my son kept saying, "Yes, but mum, you're probably putting on more muscle, which is yeah, heavier. Up, so yeah. you know, maybe you're not going to see anything." And I and I sort of... But Julie was saying, oh, yeah, your shape is changing. And somebody else said that to me the other day as mm. well, a friend of mine who hadn't seen me for a while. She said, oh, yeah, your, your shape is different. You know, your shape is... And I think that's um, probably more significant and better 100%. than what I originally yeah. was thinking about. So you do because it is the posture it's the pop yeah. when somebody yeah, says shape yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking about posture, posture and how you yeah, and how I, you hold yourself, I feel that my it. posture is better i feel yeah. that my moving through the world is different yeah
1: your space is opening up yes. again i talk a lot about that around yeah. you know i think as we get older Quite often, the space around us gets smaller. We yeah. tend to use this uh, mm, 180 mm. degrees in front of us, mm. and then the, the degrees kind of mm. yeah it just gets shorter. And part of that is
0: physical; like it, it is. is a real thing. Balance, mm, mm. balance, um, strength in you know, the balance feet. is a real problem for me because yeah, because my feet are so tiny, yeah, but also just because I my knees are so weak that I it's a yeah. real struggle for me. And yeah. I am happy to work on that real you know and see that as gradual process. Definitely. Progress. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'd love it if it was miraculously better in two months. Mm. but I know that's not going to happen. So How are your knees? Then my knees are achy and creaky and I have to adapt so getting down on the floor you know I don't I, ten, I tend to avoid things that involve kneeling because it's uncomfortable and I suppose I'm probably a bit more cautious than maybe I need to be around anything that involves getting down on the floor or exercises on my knees and things like that.
1: And can I jump in right now mm. because Uh, how long ago 45 minutes ago now I walked into a room with you doing your training session (laughs) and you were in a reverse lunge which Mm. essentially is a kneeling position Mm. one foot in front the other and you were going all the way to the mat that was on the floor Mm. tapping it Mm. up and down up and down up Mm. and down how many reps
0: like six seven eight I think it was eight yeah eight each side yeah but I think that's the thing about doing the training isn't it that sometimes all you need is a the confidence and the supportive environment of uh, to mm. know that to get to enable you to just give it a go mm. because I probably you know and find I what think I you had convinced do. myself I probably couldn't do that yeah and it's just that gradual. Well, yeah. if you can't do it like this, then try it like this. And yeah. like, let's just put this little pad under your knee. And all you have to do is just touch the pad. Yeah. Don't worry about getting to the floor. And it's sometimes that's a mental thing rather mm. than a physical thing because maybe I could always have done it, but in my head I couldn't do it. Mm. So I do, it's really and, yeah. and you need somebody who you see as an expert and a professional who knows what they're talking about and knows how to adapt things to help you just get beyond that. Yeah that fear and lack of confidence i think and it's
1: it's a it's a big deal isn't it finding the things you can do and from there we Mm. work out and we work out and we Mm. we grow that bubble again we we grow that space around you again because it's a really big deal you can do it and partly it is like a physical thing around balance and strength or whatever but then there's a big part of that that's confidence and
0: i come out of every session feeling more confident Mm. Even if I'm a bit achy and I'm a bit tired, I still come out feeling more confident because I've done it. And you feel great. Yeah, yeah. it's such a good feeling. It, is, it, is, it um, is. Yeah, and it's, you know, and it's a mental thing. Um, I might feel a bit tired going into it and feel, oh, I feel a bit, you know, achy today. I wonder if I'm going to be all right. But I, oh, I can guarantee that I always feel much better afterwards.
1: And you've moved mm. from one session a week to two okay, sessions yeah, a week yeah. in the last two months. How is that? How is your recovery?
0: How are you well, responding? Yeah, I, I feel... Yeah, I feel fine. I'm really pleased I'm doing two sessions. I'm unsure whether leaving just one day between them is right. And one of the things I was mm. going to talk to you about, you know, um, was should I be looking to leave two days? In fact, I mentioned it to Anula, I think it was last week. And I said, I'm not sure whether one day is enough for recovery. I, but I'm just not sure because I was a bit achy and a bit weary today when I came. But I still did it all and I feel fine. So I, yeah, maybe I'm, I don't know. I, I, I- And the other conversations to have around that is, yes, we could look
1: at time, Mm. but we could look at things like your sleep, Mm. your hydration, Mm. the foods that you're having after a session for recovery Mm. um, and the movement that you're getting in between. Mm. So there's and we always talk about that here now is this like you might be here for one hour but the impact of the sleep that you have the night before. So Mm. people then start to go, I'm training tomorrow, so I've got to make sure the X, Mm. Y, and Z's done. Mm. And so it has an impact on the day before, the night before, Mm. the morning, the choice you make at breakfast, for example, what you do afterwards and that night, you're just physically a bit more tired. So you get Mm. to bed a bit earlier and you have a better sleep and so on. So although there's this question around is once a week enough or mm. in your mm. case now about, about this kind of recovery between sessions it's looking at life outside of what you do mm. here so mm. that you
0: get more out of what you do yeah. yeah yes I know I could be better with my hydration I could I'm, I tend to forget to drink and then drink a, a load all at once so mm. I know I, I could work on that doing the Zoe app really helped me to focus on yeah. what foods work for me I heard to say that's been good but yeah I tend to try and have a little something to eat before I come but yeah. To always manage it. But I always eat afterwards. Good. Yeah. yeah. And a, nice. a rest.
1: <laughs> and a nice coffee. Mm. How's your asthma?
0: Asthma's okay. I mean, I had a bit of a tricky time earlier in the autumn. I always have a problem when the weather switches from summer to autumn because the air quality changes. But I also got a really horrible virus, which was completely all about coughing. And it was just absolutely dreadful. And my asthma was bloody awful then. I managed it, but it wasn't good. But I had my asthma review and I'm back now to feeling fine, actually. I have my meds every morning and every night and I'm all right. Mm hmm. I'm not really needing to use my puffer when I exercise because it's not cardio. You see, cardio is my problem. That's mm. what triggers my asthma. Mm. So the weight training's fine. Yeah. Stick me in aerobics class. I'd really struggle. Because,
1: again, this is something that gets a little bit of mm. a myth and it depends on what you're doing. But if you do what you, like an example today, the reverse lunges and mm. up and down eight times, your heart rate's going up. Yeah. Your breathing is increasing. But mm. it's in a really kind of probably more manageable. Yes, yeah. You get to choose, you get to decide on the weights you're using, you get mm. to do exactly what you said yeah. around travel. Yeah. You choose how mm. much you mm. uh, rest you have mm. or how, how, what scale you're going to work to mm. in, a, in a particular time. And you, I think especially if you're asthmatic and used to dealing with asthma mm. and, and when you're kind of pushing it a little bit mm. too far. Yeah, I think maybe I'm hinting at the the idea that this thing is going to be helping you improve your asthma. Well, it?
0: I think it well anything that lung helps capacity I think um with lung capacity and also I can't think of what I was saying, but regulating breathing. Breathing technique almost, yes. I think, is very helpful for asthma. The Pilates I did and also the the breathing we do in the in the training is very useful because mm. it I know that my breathing is better because I've worked a lot on good breathing. Mm. Different types of breathing, you know. Yeah. The as you as you said, you know, when I'm training it's you know there is a focus on what kind of breathing you're doing when when you're taking the breath and when you know when you're breathing in when you're breathing out and things like that and and there is time to recover so i've not found this sort of training problematic for my Mm. asthma but i know what would be problematic for my asthma it would be running jogging Mm. cardio anything like that would be how are you walk when you walk and you walk fast fine because of my knees I have to say, my I've noticed the last few years, my walking has slowed down. I used to walk quite fast. Mm. You know, I think that's a symptom of age, actually, and of general. I've had a shit few years. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I do notice that my walking has slowed down. Okay, well, maybe that should be our goal. Yeah. And I, it will yeah. be, like, it takes time. Mm. I
1: mean, you know, we've said however many, almost 40 sessions. Mm. It's been one year, but that's once a week. Now you've gone up to two weeks. Like, mm. you're really gradually, mm. you know, undoing... A lot of the trauma, or at least not undoing it, but at least just
0: exploring it. And and I think when you're older, it takes longer. It just does. And I think that I'm a bit impatient, so I've had to learn to be more patient and and recognise that this is an investment and it's a long-term investment. Yeah, It's not a short-term one. It's not like dieting for a month to get lose a stone which a friend of mine was talking about recently and I was and my immediate thought was yeah well what happens after the month then yeah (laughs) so you all go back on again you you know and I it's not like that it's about long-term habit for habit changing new habit forming um which is the whole way I'm trying to approach the eating as well
1: yeah which is so you're turning your mindset around like you've got the asthma Mm. you've got your like your scars from having your kids And Mm. your operation, your knees, you know, uh, we've got time. Yeah. Gradual. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Definitely. So I think, you know, I will probably in the new year be thinking, right, okay, where am I now? And what is it I'd like to focus Mm. on now? And it might be about when I walk. Can I try and speed up a bit? It might be. I remember you said to me right at the beginning when I was talking about going on holidays and trying to build my my fitness. You talked about walking uphill. I haven't done any of that, actually, because mm. that does tend to trigger my asthma a bit. But I could start to try to do a bit yeah. of that, Yeah. you know, and maybe some stuff in between the sessions, thinking about what can I do at home. Are you that still doing your Pilates? Be. No, I might start that again. I yeah. was thinking I might start that again. That's an easy win. Yeah. So one session of Pilates yeah. and then, yeah, going out and one, yeah. one walk. I only stopped it because I wanted to change I wanted to make a change yeah I, that's why I stopped it I stopped it at the same time as I started this Right. Okay. and I was doing a painting class at the same time and I decided to stop both of them I've been doing them for years I just thought I just need to make a change it's not that I don't like them yeah. it's not I don't want to do them it's just I want to change yeah. something so that's oh, why well I oh we should yeah we'll chat again about yeah. that But
1: no I think you know I'm asking about progress and, and it's I'm probably asking the question because I can see it like mm. from the outside looking in and it's mm. sometimes I think I forget to tell people sometimes about yeah. how strong you are looking and do you remember this time time you yeah. know last year when it felt and looked like this so yeah. you are an inspiration and yeah I wanted to talk to you on here to uh, this is what I said to you right is that we yeah. can how we tackle this stuff and just one step at a time and the mindset along with the physical and
0: it's incredible. I think it's very com- much more complicated than you think it is it really is yeah because a lot of it's in your head actually yeah. And And for women, it really, really really is Mm, Susan. Like
1: it isn't. Lots of people go. My husband goes out and he does X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, it is so different for the amount Mm. of stuff that women carry and the things that are going on and the mental battles and and then the history of. What we've been fed
0: as mm. as young girls mm. and, and adults, so yeah, and just things like what's the right kind of exercise for women? Yeah, in what environment do women feel comfortable? because you, you know, what do women wear for exercise? Yeah. All those and things. and just what yeah. you enjoy?
1: Yeah, like what do you like doing? Mm-hmm. And and you go out and find a version of what you like doing. Mm. Yeah 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 thank you very much You're welcome
0: reclaiming yourself the podcast brought to you with fitologyhub.com if you enjoyed the conversations please use your podcast app to follow
1: or subscribe for free